I've normally got something quite uh, daft and clever prepared for this bit, but you know what? I haven't had time this week, just haven't had the time. Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, a podcast focused on the trials and tribulations of Cali United Football Club. From Max Aimer to Scott Endersby and Kevin Harper to Stephen Halliday, we've got it covered. This is episode 14 and we're going to take a look back at this week's weekend, sorry, excellent win over Colchester United and look ahead to Tuesday night's trip to Boundary Park to face Oldham Athletic. For this episode, I'm not joined by Dan McLennan, but Mike Boove has stepped into his shoes and as an able replacement. Mike, how's it going? Yeah, it's going good. Certainly uh, very good after the weekend's football and just in general at the minute, just really looking forward to every game. They can't come quick enough. Well, they come quick, thick and fast now in the next few weeks, don't they? I think we've got Monday, Tuesday, Monday, oh, sorry, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for the next three weeks. So Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it'd be trying times on the legs, but I guess every squad's in the same position, aren't they? Yeah, and then potentially, depending on where we get through in the FA Cup in the first time of asking, it could be a replay as well, not long after that. So just goes to show, you know, there's going to be a... A lot of football played over the next few weeks. That's enough of the general crack, Mike. So basically, guys, just just uh, ahead before we start get started, this is a slightly different episode in that we're just doing a sort of shorter, smaller episode to cover the midweek game. We'll be back later in the week for a bit more of an in-depth one. Probably looking back at some of the stuff Nigel Clibbins has been saying, actually, in the uh, online interviews with the club, which uh, some interesting stuff come out of that, hasn't there, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's just uh, get straight down to business. And a bit, little bit of general CFC news, though. We'll throw it in. So, uh, first of all, some transfer news. So, yeah, on deadline day, um, after the injury to Ethan Walker, United boss Chris Beach has dipped into the transfer market uh, to bring in another loan signing, hasn't he? Um, forward Mika Obiro has joined on loan until January from Championship side Huddersfield Town. He's a Redbridge-born forward, so a London lad, uh, 19 years old. Started out at Leighton Orient Academy before moving to the XYZ Academy in Hackney. I think that's for like young footballers who are let go, aren't they, by... Uh, league and Premier League clubs, isn't it, to give them another start. Um, yeah. He was spotted there by Huddersfield Town. Uh, he made his debut for the Terriers, actually, uh, on the last day of last season. He's a pacey forward who can play down the middle middle or on the wing. Pretty much fits in with the mould and our other forwards, isn't he, Mike, I would say? Yeah, definitely. Um, and it seems like he's sort of uh, on his way up a little bit, as opposed to them players that you get from like Premier League clubs under 23s who have never experienced sort of the nitty gritty men's side of the game. It seems like he's a bit more rounded in in that sense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's an interesting one because I did say on last week's episode, I wasn't that fussed on us bringing another player personally. I thought it would be nice to see Lewis Bell maybe giving a run on the bench, but maybe with, you know, all these games coming so quickly. Beach thought it was better to bring in a someone who's probably a little bit more developed than Bell currently is, um, and it is worth noting. I mean, this is it's more like one of the old-fashioned ninety-day loan signings, really, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. of the fact that obviously it's come rather than at the start of September, it's come halfway through or towards the end of October. So really, it, it's it's more like one of those kind of signings. He could go back in January, just you know, if if Walker's back fit and available again. So yeah, good luck to that. Hope he does well. 
Let's go straight on to uh, reviewing the weekend's game, uh, Mike. Uh, the game against Colchester United. Did you watch it on iFollow? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's, uh, it was great to watch, wasn't it? it? Really was. Yeah, another really impressive win, I would say. Um, the scoreline suggests it was quite a close game, doesn't it? But actually, we probably could have scored a lot more, couldn't we? Really, they had a, they sort of a good spell for about ten or fifteen minutes, but we dominated for long periods of this match, didn't we? Yeah, we really did, and we, we missed some absolute sitters as well to be honest with you there was that uh, Joe Riley one in the second half one there and um, there was uh, Gavin Riley as well um, that one on one yeah I wouldn't say Riley's was a, a sitter I think it was quite a decent effort he was only inches wide it was from a sort of more difficult angle I think maybe Mellish could have done better with the other chance he had to get his second goal of the game in the second half I think it was he sort of sliced across it didn't he but uh, yeah the one of those things, isn't it? I, the main talking points we picked out for this game, I haven't had a chance to ask anyone on Twitter and Facebook. I do apologise for that. I've picked out five here. and One of them isn't John Mellish for once. <laughs> I think we'll, uh, we've, we've done enough of uh, Big John over the last few weeks. I did predict he would score again, though, so I'm, I'm happy with that one. Uh, Luis Alessandra. It's one I picked out here. Um, he had a bit of a slow start to the season, didn't he, Mike? And we used to, I think some of the early games, we were sort of saying, well, I'm not sure he's really getting up to the speed of things. But he's now got into that groove, hasn't he? And he, he's shown over the last few games what a big player he can be in terms of, you know, not just his contribution in terms of goals, that kind of thing, but linking play in particular. I think that's his real strong point, isn't it? And he can sort of yeah. play a few different positions. He he played more sort of out left, really, didn't he? And maybe drifted inside a little bit in this game. But um, got his goal as well, a little bit lucky. But, you know, you make your own luck, don't you? Yeah, definitely. You know, like you say, he is a very much a sort of team player and, now that the rest of the team is playing as more as a team, it's no coincidence that he's looking better for it as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I, 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 he's one of those players, you know, I, I think as well, he's not going to be that disappointed if he is left out. I think, well, like, any players can be disappointed, aren't they? But he's he's a kind of player who'll just knuckle down. He won't make a big mm. fuss of it and work his way back into the team when he can. Next up, the one I've picked out, Gavin Riley. Again, we, we, we focused on him actually um, last week, me and my, uh, Dan, sorry, uh, when we look back at the Port Vale game. Chris Beach said he was a bit unlucky not to start. I think I'd agree with that, wouldn't he? I think he had a really good game against Portville. Probably had every right to say, you know, yeah, Coyote's coming back from international duty, but I played really well in the last game. I should really be starting this. But he made a big impact after coming on, didn't he? Because that was around about the period that Colchester were getting on top, weren't they? And he really gave us an injection of sort of pace and energy into the team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think sort of, same with this new lad that we've signed on loan. I think one of the massive parts of our sort of philosophy this season is having these big, powerful, fast uh, forward players. And if you've been dealing with one of them for sort of sixty minutes or so, and then Gavin Riley's coming on off the bench, you, you know it's uh, it's kind of it's it's not what you need. And he, he you know, I, I, it'd be nice if he's not just a sort of impact player. It'd be nice to see him start a few games, but at the same time, who for? that's true it's true I mean uh, Tory probably didn't have quite a stronger game did he I think against Colchester the weekend he was a little bit mm-hmm. out of sorts still still made positive impacts on the game to be fair though he had a part to play in the opening goal um, with the way he switched play but yeah like you said Riley coming on he, he's a little bit different to the other strikers actually isn't he really in the forwards mm-hmm. the, he's not as big and physically imposing but he's got pace to burn, hasn't he? And, he? and he just harasses defenders. And he's very clever with his movement off the ball as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, like you said before, he was a bit unlucky maybe with that chance towards the end. He, Coyote did brilliantly to slot him in. And he just didn't quite get the finish right. Mm. But his timing on the run was absolutely perfect to get him through. But yeah, like you said, I think he's going to play a big part this season. I think the key thing for me, it's a bit like Mellish. I think once he gets a goal, his confidence will be up and he'll he'll, he'll bang in a few. In yeah. my opinion. 
so um, next up, another focus on another player, Callum Guy. Start of the season, I think people were sort of look at him and saying, oh, what is he actually contributing to the team? Is he really making an impact that you'd expect? And he, he arrived, didn't he, with um, Beach sort of saying that he was going to be a, a sort of marquee signing almost, wasn't he? A, you know, mm. a player to take us to the next level. And we hadn't really seen that yet. But over the last couple of games, he's really stepped up, hasn't he? And he's grabbed games by the scruff of the neck. We talked about those stats um, last week. The fact that he's made the most interceptions in the Football League. Well, I imagine he, he's not been knocked off that perch this weekend because he was brilliant again in the way he was nicking the ball off players all the time. And he's also providing some decent set pieces as well, isn't he? Him and Riley, uh, Joe Riley, that is, obviously, uh, two players who can put a decent ball into the box too. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think Guy as well, he sort of he brings that sort of awareness. When he receives the ball, he kind of knows more what's around him than, say, John Mellish, who has been very good, but he doesn't have that natural awareness that a centre mid maybe sometimes has. But um, no, he, he's been brilliant. And it's not just him, but it's the whole team. I mean, I remember when we had Luke Joyce. I, I like Luke Joyce because whoever had the ball, jo- Joyce was always making himself available for whoever had it. And Callum Guy was very much the same. But having said that, I mean, Pretty much all the team were exactly like that on on Saturday, and it's great to see. Yeah, I think I think Riley Joe that is obviously again slotted quite well into sort of a more centre midfield position, didn't he? Uh, the weekend, it's interesting. Their manager suggested that we switch to a four three three to counter them, and that was a compliment. I mean, from a four four two, I think we've only played four four two once this season. Maybe mm. I'm not, I wouldn't even say we played it. I mean, you could maybe argue we played it last weekend at Portville, but I wouldn't have said we would. I would have said four three three has been our formation for most of the season, but. There you go. <laughs> it's, it's sort of getting on the point of him intercepting the ball. Winning the ball back has been a real key thing for this this season. This is another point I picked out. Um, their manager, again, to be fair on him, actually, he did compliment us and say that that was the big difference between the two, two sides and that we were constantly winning the ball back and getting to the second balls. And that made a big difference. And that, that seems to be... We talk about the fact that Presley last season wanted us to be a pressing side. We were pressing really well on the beach this season, aren't we? We are on top of teams and not giving them time on the ball. Yeah, I think under Presley, it was sometimes a little bit uh, mindless in that players were sort of running after the ball, a bit like headless chickens, but it's it seems a bit more focused and we're not leaving other players unmarked when we're closing down the ball. And it's it seems the, the players, they, they want the ball back. You know, it's not like they're sort of just following instructions. There's a real sort of hunger and desire to, to get the ball, not just when we don't have it, but when we do have it as well. So everybody wants, wants to go with the ball. Absolutely, absolutely. Final point I've got, you might have a few to add off this mic, I don't know, but um, the Hayden and McDonald partnership. Start of the season, McDonald looked a little bit shaky and Hayden maybe wasn't quite up to speed. I think he was still one of our best players, but he wasn't quite the level he'd been at towards the end of last season. But they're really starting to look like a, a formidable centre-back partnership now, aren't they? The way the way they play at the week and particularly they've you know, they cover each other well. McDonald obviously conceded the handball for the penalty. I didn't actually see the handball at first, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's a weird one. I thought Anderson had done it and I was looking, I was thinking, where's the handball come? But actually, I think his hand's just up in the air and it just catches his hand. It's unlucky. But he looks much more comfortable on the ball. He's playing the ball out really nicely. He's There was one point, and I think James Phillips and Chris Thompson picked up on this and it's, it's a really good point, where one of their attackers, and they had some pacey attackers in their team called just to was looking to get through on goal. And McDonald, rather than going to the man, just took a step back, didn't he? Just took a step off, mm. waited for him to, to come and take his next touch. And they came and nicked the ball off him. That's really intelligent play. And that's just him probably finding his match fitness as much as anything, isn't it? And him and Hayden look like a real good partnership. Everyone will go back to that Hayden scored the winner. 
But actually, it was that tackle at the end from after that farm and save that made the big difference, wasn't it? Yeah, that was outstanding. And for me, it, you can just Hayden looks like he'll just run through brick walls for this team. He really does, and it, it, it sort of I think that's quite infectious as well. And other players see that, and it sort of spreads around the team. But I mean, we, we've been in sort of League Two again for a while now, and I've sort of sussed that players have their sort of um, limitations, and that if a centre back is quite big and strong. He generally won't have pace and he generally won't be good on the ball, but Hayden has absolutely everything. There's, there's no way that he'll be seeing out the rest of his career at this level. Oh, absolutely not. And you've got to give credit to the lad because he's, he, I think he started at Chelsea Academy, didn't he? And they went to Wolves, had a few of those loans. I think it was at Stourbridge and a couple of clubs. And it's quite easy for a player then to come somewhere like Carlisle and then not feature for pretty much the start of last mm. season and sort of disappear into obscurity. But mm. he's knuckled down, he, he's worked his way into the team. And he's not been out of it since. It's quite mm. incredible when you look back at it, really. And, mm. you know, he's played a few positions. He's played right back as well. He's he's even played up front uh, in a game at Barnsley in the uh, Cup last season. And like you said, I agree with you. I can't see him staying much longer. He's one I definitely would be, I think they should be looking at speaking to him and see whether they can tie him down on a longer deal. Because I, I know Anderton's captain, but for me, I think he's probably more captain material, really. Yeah. It's maybe because he's just a little bit younger and less experienced that he didn't actually get the nod for the job. Um but yeah, I, I think that's a, a real good point about, about how he really is a player who's got a good all-round game for us. And like I said, McDonald, I don't think he looks like a slouch either. Really. I think he's got some good attributes. I think maybe distribution's not quite as good as Hayden's, <laughs> but but you know, I'd, Max Hunt at the moment, we said at the start of the season, maybe you know he'd have every right to knock on the door and say, why am I not in the team? At the moment, if he did that, the manager would turn around and say, well, look at the way they're playing. Why mm. would you get in the team? So... One of those things, we can Max is just going to have to be patient and wait for maybe one of them to get a knock or a suspension or something like that. But but yeah, um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to pick out from the game, Mike, that particularly caught your eye? No, not really. I mean, sort of slightly one that maybe you could say didn't catch the eye is that, I mean, maybe this, this you know, I don't want to sound like I'm being too critical because it was a fantastic team performance, but Joe Riley, I don't know if it's from when you're watching it on, on you know, iFollow or if... You know, it'd be different in the ground, but you don't really notice him a lot. Whereas, like Dean Furman, you you know that he's there and he's really asserting his dominance in a game. But Joe Riley, he reminded me of a bit of James Barrett in a sense. In that, how dare you? Yeah. I'm a, as a big fan of James Barrett, how dare you? That's James Barrett who scored double figure goals two seasons in a row from midfield for Kyle. And I can't remember the last midfielder who did that for us. Or, or Jamie David, probably, but. Um, but ball empty, you know. So yeah, no, I, I do get your point. He's one of those players. He's not quite as, you know, all action, winning the ball back all the time like Callum Guy, and he's not bursting mm. into the box like John Mellish to get on the end of things and putting his head on the ball. But he kept things ticking, and you know, the manager's clearly quite happy with him. Furman came on as a sub late on just to shore things up a little bit. But yeah, I think the lad, I think he's one of those players who maybe need to settle on what his position is, doesn't he? Because he's played right back, he's played yeah. right wing for us as well, actually. Mm. I think he probably is more of a centre midfielder and I think he's got good attributes. He's clearly a good set piece taking, put a decent ball into the box. He maybe just needs a bit of time to find his feet and find out what his best position is. And for him, it's getting a run of games as much as anything, isn't it? Because he's had that long time, what, nearly two years out before yeah. he came to us. So he I just needs to find his feet. 
I think as well, Beach has dubbed him the best technical player at the club as well, or, or so, someone's dubbed him that. So, like you say, he's obviously got the t- technical attributes. I think he just needs to find his feet a little bit. Yeah. I think the only one thing I would pick out um, this weekend is not so much on the game, but it's more leaky generally. And I think Chris Lumsden picked up on this after the game in the post-match analysis on Radio Cumbria. League 2 is wide open this season. I know, mm. know we're only six games in, but your favourites were what? Salford, Port Vale and Bolton. Hmm. Well, Bolton are 20th. <laughs> Only one win. Port Vale are 8th, 10 points, two points below us. Salford, three points behind us on in uh, 11th. I mean, even Exeter, a team you'd expect to do well there on in 12th place. Bradford, 13th. Hmm. Colchester, another team thought we'd do well, 14th. And Tram, I, I thought Tramier would right, be right up there, but they've only got six points so far, you know? So it, it just goes to show. And, and then look, likewise, Morecambe are sort of, uh, what, fifth or sixth, yeah. seventh, something like that? So. I'll, I'll be on minus five goal difference right now. But yeah. Um, but yeah, up at the top even. I mean, I thought Newport wouldn't do as well this season. They're in fir- uh, second place. Mm. Cambridge, they're in first at the moment. I, I genuinely thought they would be low mid-table. Um, Harrogate. I thought they'd do it. Well, actually, no, to be fair, I said Harrogate were a dark horse this season, didn't I, in the pre-season preview? So mm. I'll have that one for now. Um, <laughs> not sure how long it'll last, but, but there you go. But yeah, it's 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 wide open and we've had a good solid start. I mean, you look at those games we've lost. The Cambridge game, just a duff performance all around, really, wasn't it? When you look back at it, it just, just we didn't... We sh- I think that, when you look back at it, it's the effect of not having a proper pre-season, isn't it? Yeah. I think... Those are the sort of performances you probably put in in your final two pre-season games, your games at Oldham in the Cup and Cambridge in the league. That's the way you look at those two games. Whereas the South End game was probably more like the opening game of the season, the way you'd play. Mm. I think we're just sort of settling and finding our feet. Yes, I mean, I think there's a really good opportunity, especially when you think of the plays we've got out. Your Walkers, your Patricks mm. and the likes, you know, and Furman's still trying to find his feet. We still we've got a really good chance to do well this season. I think we've it got sounds, good, good depth as well, definitely. Absolutely, like so. absolutely. In attack, we've you know you can take the front three out of the attack and put another front three in, and mm. they're going to cause problems. Both of those attacks, mm. you'd, you'd feel comfortable with any of the six basically. Mm. So it, you know we're in a good position, and it seems weird because a couple of weeks ago we were a little bit doom and gloom, <laughs> but I think all of us have sort of almost got a reset in our heads and think to ourselves, okay, this is a weird season. We're still finding our feet. We're still building up fitness. The next couple of the next few weeks are going to be key because, mm-hmm. you, like I said, you've got your Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday coming up over three weeks, and I think alternating those plays in attack particularly is going to be key. You might find players like Toure drop out for a couple of games. Riley comes in for a couple. Just have to wait and see how it goes. But I genuinely think we've got a really good chance of doing something actually quite special this season, haven't we? Dare, dare I say I agree with you? hey you never know you never know okay Mike I think that's up for part one Um, we'll be back again in a few minutes in a couple of seconds time to discuss the Oldham game Okay, welcome back everyone. Uh, we're into part two now and it's time to look towards another league fixture. A quick return to Oldham after our cup defeat there last month. 
Okay, Max, I've got a few interesting facts about uh, the Latics. Um, not as many uh, this time, unfortunately, because I'm not really fine much, but there you go. Uh, so the Latics were formed in 1895 as Pineville, changing their name to Oldham Athletic in 1899. They took part in the first two seasons of the Premier League, but relegated in 1994, having also lost in the FA Cup semi-finals to Manchester United that season. Uh, notable famous fans include the TV physicist Brian Cox, glamour model Michelle Marsh, and comedy duo Cannon and Ball. Thanks to uh, Dan for digging out those ones. We'll, uh, we'll try and do you some celebrity fans every uh, week, or every preview game at least, anyway. I, I do have one interesting fact Go on. about Alden, and that is that there is a local primary school called Breeze Hill, and yep. when they're not playing very well, their fans sing, it's just like watching Breeze Hill. There you go. Oh dear, that's terrible, that one, isn't it? <laughs> that's, honestly, that's true. Absolutely appalling. But uh, uh, the other interesting fact I've got for you is it is, in fact, the coldest ground on earth. Um, yeah. Forget Siberia. It doesn't matter when you go to Boundary Park. It is always absolutely Baltic. I've been there. I think it was, it would have been, what, 2010 when I was back working at the club? I was in the press box. Um, it was in the middle of, remember the, the riots of 2010? Oh yeah, well, that's yeah. happening. And that was sort of like I think it was it was an August Tuesday night, so obviously it was lovely and warm across the rest of the country. But it must have been about eight or nine degrees in all of them. It was so cold; it was mm. unbelievable. But yeah, coldest place on earth. But we don't have to go there, unfortunately, this year. It's a shame that really. But um, yeah, so a team we expect to struggle this season, didn't we, Mike? And so far, they've sort of lived up to the expectations with that, haven't they? Yeah, well, they've had a bit of a mishmash sort of uh, bunch of fixtures, really, haven't they? They've um, obviously they beat Bolton on Saturday, which you would say is a good result. But the way that Bolton have started the season, it's like Bolton have been appalling, haven't mm, they? Mm. So it's it's kind of so so, and the, 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 some of the games they've lost have been against some of the teams who were leading the charge this season. So it's it's hard to sort of judge them so few games in. But yeah, they haven't been uh, brilliant, apart from obviously against us. Yeah, oh, yeah, typical. I mean, that's t- very typical, Carlotta. Team that has an appalling start to the season. We gave them a, good, a win at the very beginning of it. But yeah, as you mentioned there, they actually won at the weekend against Bolton. It was a injury time goal from Zach Durnley. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's a brilliant goal. They ran from pretty much his own area and put it into the back of the net. It was a great finish. So it was a 2 1 win of their local rivals, Bolton. Yeah, prior to that, they'd only picked up one point in the league, and that was a 3 3 draw with Colchester United. They've lost all four of their other fixtures in the league. They convincingly beat us 3-0 in the opening round of the Carabao Cup, only to lose to 1-0 to Morecambe in the next round. Um, I think in the trophy, I haven't really looked this up because I really do not care about that competition. I think they've won their other two games in that, possibly, I'm not sure. Yeah, they, they, they beat Wolves under 20, whatever it is, is like 4-0 yeah. or something. I think it was Doncaster, the other team they beat, I think, as well. I seem to remember that, seeing that somewhere. But yeah, uh, manager Harry Kuehl arrived over the summer to replace Dino. I always beat Carlisle Marmaria. He's had a bit of a mixed sort of career hasn't he as a manager so far he did fairly well at Crawley but didn't last very long then jumped ship didn't he to go to Notts County which you know you look back at it now you want any any manager who's jumped ships to join Notts County you have to ask questions about their sanity don't you because I mean Oldham's a basket case of a club but Notts County were off the scale for till quite recently mm. transfer wise bit of a slow start with the summer when they didn't make too many signings but actually they've been quite busy since the season began and they I think they made three signings on deadline day as well. But one mm. signing they have made since the season started was a uh, Italian defender Andrea Badan, previously of Hellas R- Verona. I wonder if he'll be a uh, more less more Maldini or less uh, Alessio Bugno. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's no ex Blues in their squad, but there are three ex Oldham players in the United squad. That is Luis Alessandra and Rod McDonald, who began their careers at Boundary Park. 
but probably better known to the uh, Oldham fans is Dean Furman, who had a quite a successful spell, didn't he, playing for them? I think he's quite a popular player with them mm. from when he was there. And here's my favourite bit that I wanted to share with you. Danger Man. So it's got to be Conor McElhenney. Uh, the man that you, Mike, said doesn't score many goals uh, last month <laughs> when we previewed the game. He's currently second top scorer in League 2 with five goals from six games. But obviously doesn't include goals in Cups as well when he scored against us, didn't he, in the uh, in the League Cup game. So He's, he's no John Mellish. He said, well, well, you say that. He actually <laughs> has scored more goals than John Mellish. But there you go. Um, but yeah, I think he's another Again, he's the one to watch out for, isn't he? I think we picked out Danny Rowe in the past, but he's not really set the world on fire, has he, mm. since he's joined them. He's struggling to find his feet. And I've, I've always said that I'm not really that impressed by him as an all-round player. He's one of those players, quite like Owen Doyle, actually. You've got to play in a particular way to get the best out of him because he's not going to contribute much all-round to the game. And I think Bolton are finding, aren't they? They're struggling to get Owen Doyle into the goals because mm. they're not really playing to his strengths so far, I don't think. Well, that's the thing. Well, Rowe as well. I mean, you know, I'm probably going to be made to eat my words a bit, but like, he, he doesn't have the most work rate. And if you're in a sort of struggling team, you can't necessarily be a passenger so much. Yeah, he's he's not got the physique of a football league player, has he really? I'm not saying he's fat, but he's not... Mm. He, most football league players, you look at them now, they're well-built athletes, aren't they? They're... You know, they, they, they're well-toned. They, they don't got no fat on them. Anthony Gerrard accepted it. Um, <laughs> but he doesn't... He, he looks like he may be carrying a little bit extra, possibly. Now, that mm-hmm. might help him physically in terms of shrugging defenders off and that. But, yeah, like you say, work rate, he's not going to contribute the same like Conor McElhenney will for them, at least, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, team news for this game, Mike. To our knowledge, there's no new injury news for United, is there? We've not heard anything from Chris Beach so far. I don't think anyone hobbled off in the game at the weekend, did they? No. From memory. So, look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we had the same 11 again, do you reckon? Uh, I reckon he might tweak it a little bit, purely just because of uh, congestion and you know things like that. Um, and the only one, I think, is the, probably the one you would suggest, which is Joe Riley out and Dean Furman in, maybe. Might be the only yeah, change. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, you know, we, we did mention that um, Torre was off the ball a little bit maybe possibly there's yeah. something going on there I don't know but um, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see you know I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he names the same 11 and I wouldn't be too downhearted if we, there's a couple of changes yeah uh, so Dickinson and Walker remain long term injured looks like they're both out till Christmas slash the new year uh, Dixon that is and um, Patrick both closing in on returns but probably still a little bit away I'd imagine for Dixon, I've said this a couple of times, I think we probably just need to get a reserve game sorted so we can get his fitness built up, really, don't we? Mm. Um, but I imagine that's quite difficult in the current climate of all the coronavirus things you have to put in place. So, Yeah, well, we sometimes have a few with uh, teams north of the border, don't we? And I don't know what's going on with, you know, north of the border. Either, so. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult yeah. one, isn't it? Cross-border stuff as well. Unsure as to whether Ibero will feature in this game. He's only, I think, had one training session, which would have been yesterday with the team. I think from what Chris Beach was saying, it's probably more likely to be involved at the weekend if he's at all, because I think he doesn't want to, I suppose, even, where you look at his punish the players who've done really well so far. Because mm. you'd imagine if he comes in, it's probably going to be Charters maybe that drops out the team, possibly. Because yeah. as we said before, Gavin Riley's the player that covers our youth developer player in the squad. Mm. Um, a little bit cheating that, in my opinion, but there you go. Oldham Athletic, their team news... Not really gotten any in terms of injuries. Um, deadline day loan signing Harry Clark, who signed from Arsenal, uh, could feature. He missed the game against Bolton 
due to not being registered in time. So he might come into the side possibly for that match. He's supposed to be quite highly rated, I think, from what I have. He's a England youth international. And I think he captained their under-23s in the past as well. So, Hello, this, Tom Cruise was highly rated by Arsenal. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's, let's say about him, the better, I think. Um, okay, let's move straight into predictions then, Mike. What are you going to go for for this game? Uh, well, I mean, last time we both predicted a Carlisle win and we lost, didn't we? Um, but, uh, Please do not know? copy Dan. Do not copy <laughs> Dan. You know what he's gonna, he goes for. So. Yeah, well, do you know what? I'm going to go for 1-0 Carlisle. Oh, are you going to go for goal scorer? Uh, it's going to be John Mellish, hasn't it? Of course it has. Of course it has. You know what? I, goals are flowing. We're really confident. I'm going for 3-0 this time. I went for 3-1 at the weekend. It was 3-2. But I reckon we'll keep a clean sheet this time. I just don't think... I think we'll keep McElhenney quiet this time. And I just, I just don't think they've got the same threat as other teams. So I'm going to go 3-0. I reckon Coyote. Uh, who else? Callum Guy's going to get his first goal for the club. You know what? I can't, you know what? Three in a row, or four in a row. Let's go for it. John Mellish is going to get his fourth goal in uh, four games. That's what I reckon, yeah. anyway. I mean, that covers it, Mike. We're not going to do the exclusive because I haven't had time to find out if any exclusive has been up to anything, unfortunately. Just uh, the way it is. We'll probably cover that with uh, Dan later in the week. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. Um, yeah. We're going to do a special soon, aren't we? We're going to. We're going to start doing a few of these and we're going to get fans involved with these ones as well in the future. We're going to start off doing our own ones. What we're going to do is we're going to pick our favourite Carl United 11s, aren't we, Mike? Yeah, so favourite, not the best. Th- this is the key thing here. Yeah. We're not talking about the best players we've seen play for Carlisle. We're talking about favourites. You might have favourite players you cannot stand. Do you Actually, Mike, do you have any favourite player or players you think would be the best for us who you wouldn't pick just because you don't like them? Um, well, Put you on the spot uh, here. I mean, Harry McCurdy was very good ability, but not a lot of people liked him. Um, Danny Graham, again, he's had a very good career, but a lot of people didn't like him based on his Carlisle spell, you know. Yeah, well, well there you go. So I'd, we'll, we'll, we'll see who you pick uh, when we record that one, Mike. Hopefully mm. sometime next week, maybe if we get the chance. Uh, but what we'll do is Mike will go through his 11 and his uh, subs, and we'll just have a bit of chat about those players and discuss, you know, how good a players they were for us, their best moments for us, and... Maybe the players who you left out as well, why you've picked them ahead of them. So should be an interesting one to do that. And like I said, once me, Mike and Dan have all done ours, we'll then get some of you guys involved as well and talk about your favourite 11s and why you've picked them. And we'll try and get a few older fans involved that because I think the issue with me, you and Dan picking them, particularly Mm. me and you, is we'll only focus really on the last 20, 25 years, won't we? Mm. Whereas I think... Well, in fact, you're even less. You're probably about 10 or 15, weren't you? I don't think. Yeah, well, but, um, well nine, 99 was my first game and we didn't actually sign any decent footballers for five years from that point. So, Excuse me? <laughs> uh, I dare you dis- disgrace the name of Stephen Holliday. You might well be a my 11. Well, you never yeah. know. You never know. Good old Stevie. Um, yeah, so once we've done that, we'll get try and get some older fans on to discuss because I'd love to get some of those older names discussed as well. Particularly, we'd like to get some from the 80s because we're saying this the other day, we don't really talk much about this, the 80s as a period of Kyle and I, do we? And it was the last time we were at championship level. And mm. it's strange, it sort of gets overlooked a little bit sometimes. So it'd be good to get people on for that. And also, I will be speaking to John Coleman later this week to discuss his uh, his new book, Bolts from the Blues, which focuses on, I think it's 40 Kyle United goals and discusses those goals with the players who scored them. It's a fantastic read. I got my copy a couple of weeks ago. Really worth getting. I recommend getting it. Uh, me and John will be discussing that book and... Why, how he came up with some of the ideas for the goals and stuff like that. So I think that's pretty much it. If you've got any comments or feedback or there's anything you'd like to discuss, we, or like to suggest we discuss, please send them in via Twitter to 
at Brunton Bugle or by email to bruntonbugle at gmail.com. Remember, you can subscribe. You can I put my teeth back in there, Mike. Uh, remember, you can subscribe to the podcast via all good podcast apps, including ACAS, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please do also give us a review. We really appreciate the excellent feedback we've had so far. Mike, do you want me to have a quick look and see if I can see if there's any new countries added to the list? Yes. It's always our favourite bit, this, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, last week we had Portugal as a new one, and they're a repeat listener. They've downloaded it a few times, so good to have the uh, Portuguese blues on with us. It's the Bayramar branch of the Carlisle United <laughs> Supporters well, the, Club. Well, the funny is, thing is, I don't know if we've had Spain on the list yet. And you'd thought we would have had one or two from there yet, but mm. nothing so far. Uh, looking at the list, it's... It's all the same names. There's four listens in Portugal now. There you go. No, nowhere new. So that just just all the old, old usual names there. Yeah. But if you know anyone else who's living across the world who sports Cali I recommend it to them. We want new countries on the list. What's we want? Uh, so yeah, uh, thanks again for joining me, Mike. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. And up the blues. Oh,